listening to Lead Defend, the podcast designed to help you grow in faith and leadership as you navigate the stages of your young adulthood. We address important faith topics and provide practical life tips, helping you build your faith as you engage in a changing culture. Here are your hosts, Seth Tucker and Ryan Scantling. Hey folks, welcome back. We are glad for you to be here with Lead Defend. Uh, Seth, COVID has been around now for quite a few months and I think every adult man has taken on a COVID project. I, oh, I don't know about you, but I have. Without a doubt. So what has your COVID project been? Well, my COVID project was actually more than one. Like, So my honey-do list is usually like a few things, like two or three things. And I tell my wife, hey, I'll get that done in like three months, you yep. know? But because I spend a lot more time at home, like it's like I'm expected to accomplish my list every week. Oh, and, uh, and you don't so, have the freedom of letting it drag out for three months no, where you can no. enjoy it. Yes, exactly. So, uh, or, or just put it off. Um, and so this time, like, uh, early on, I built a deck on the front of my house. Like, I mean, it, it felt pretty burly. Like, like I a felt, full deck. I, I, yes, I felt very manly. It was like a 10 by 16 deck. And, okay. and so like, I have to like lay the foundation. Like I have to dig and that's, these holes. that's feet. That's not inches. Feet. Oh. Feet. And then a pergola on top of it. So like this, like, you know, pergola, little beautiful thing. Yeah, but thing, I'm going to call you out on that. The yeah. pergola was store-bought. It was store-bought, but I had to put it together. Oh, okay. All right. It's it, like the swing set. Do, yes. do your kids have a swing set? I, yes, and I, I built it. That's Bro, the idea. It, I, I built it. It might have been pre-made. It's but a job. It. it is a yeah. job. Oh, yeah. So, my coat. Okay, go <laughs> no, ahead. No, Finish about me. yours. Well, I was just going to say, like, you know, that's just one. But, like, I've had to do all sorts of things. I mean, I've had to put together, like, a pool, an above-ground pool in the backyard for my kids. So, so you're one of the families that bought out all those pools yes. that the news channels are talking about. Amen. Okay. Well, my COVID project, I, I remember as a kid growing up, I had a koi fish pond, and I loved that thing. And so my COVID project was to build a koi fish pond. But to do that, I had to build a drainage ditch through my backyard. I mean, it was a lot of effort. And I remember talking to you about this, Seth, because yes. you've done koi fish ponds. In fact, you have one in your backyard. Every house I've ever been in, and, yes. And Seth told me, he said, Ryan, you're going to wind up spending like thousands of dollars. Thousands. And I went into this not believing that. <laughs> but to this day, I've spent... In fact, I'm not going to say it say because it. Allie is going to listen to this. More than a stimulus check. Let's just say more than a stimulus check. More than a stimulus check. That's true. That's true. Well, Seth, there's been some projects that we've done over COVID season. But yeah. what is something that maybe you've learned through COVID? Like, what is something that God's taught you? Or maybe you learned it the hard way, but that you've learned? Well, there's been a couple things that I've I've really had my, my heart and my mind focused around. Um, I'll, I'll start with this, and it's not the main focus of what I want to talk about today. But I, I've thought about how many of us have just kind of taken a season of rest. And I don't think that that's probably what we should be doing. So mm. when I think about what has God had in store for us, and when, I'm, when I stand before God and he says, Seth, what did you do during, during 2020? And I'm going to say, well, it was COVID, you know, he's going to look at me and he's going to say, well, I mean, I just asked Paul not too long ago, Hey, what did you do during the Roman persecution? And it's going to have a lot of answers that I didn't give. Yeah. You know wow. what I mean? And so I think I need to, to remember that I'm still need to be faithful to communicate the gospel to lost people. I still need to be faithful to make disciples of all nations. And so I think that, but but the real thing and for and you're me, not saying rest is bad necessarily. No, no, no. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I've, 
I know many people who have been spiritually lazy in the midst of this, and myself has had a tendency to do that. Well, the line for me between rest and laziness gets really blurry really easily. Yes. And it's not that I would call myself lazy, and I don't think a lot of people would, but when I find myself in prolonged seasons of rest, yes, it's really easy to find myself Like if I sleep in until 9, I'm not lazy. But if I sleep in until 9 for like three weeks in a row or maybe a week in a row or three days in a row, then I feel like it's gone too far. Mm. Yeah, that's a good word. Okay. And, and by for those of you listening, if you sleep in past nine, it's not a big deal. But I'm a grown man with children who wake up at seven every day. I have no excuse for sleeping until nine for it, multiple at days At that in a point, row. you're neglecting responsibilities. Exactly. That's laziness. And not just responsibilities, humans, like humans, little humans. Little human beings who, uh, who don't deserve to wake up and put their own uh, pancakes in the microwave because I'm lazy enough that I buy the frozen ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's no shame in that. Can, no. I, can I be honest? Yeah. So I, for the first time, I went through the... So Allie, since I've been married, yeah. Allie typically does the shopping. Yeah. And I went through Kroger the other day for the first time by myself since I've been married. Yeah. And I bought all the same canned food that I bought in college. Just picked it up, thought, okay, I'm going to fend for myself this week. Allie's yeah. starting school teaching and all that stuff. And I bought beanie weenie, Amen. canned Hormel tamales. Okay, okay. Canned chili. Yeah. And so I, I've been eating kind of like that the last week. Wow. Wow. Ryan, I have no words to say about that. Yeah, it's been miserable. But I eat ramen so that I can afford to buy my kids strawberries, so <laughs> I'm, there you I'm go, no better. There you go. There you go. <laughs> so the, the, the main thing, though, that really God has been speaking to me about is, is I feel like I'm in this season during the coronavirus where God is really preparing me for something that he's going to do later. Mm. And I don't know what that looks like, but, but I've really had this uh, connection with the wilderness wandering of the children of Israel. Yeah. When they are brought out of Egypt and they wander in the wilderness and and God is is teaching them. And and here's a here's a couple things that I've really put my mind around is God didn't just redeem his children from Egypt. In the wilderness, he is also focused on getting Egypt, not just Israel out of Egypt, but getting Egypt out of Israel. Wow. They had lived there for centuries. And all that those people actually knew was Egyptian culture, was uh, the worship of Egyptian gods. In fact, they had on most of them, many of them had not been worshiping the one true God. And, and I mean, this is generations. Yes. So their grandparents, grandparents were all in Egyptian slavery. That's right. And that's all they've known. They've known just being beaten. They've known being, you know, owned as slaves and they've known the, the, the culture of Egypt. And so God in the wilderness is not just redeeming his children from Egypt. He's also getting Egypt out of Israel because wow. that's all that's in them. And so it's all a process of getting his children ready yeah, to and, be a nation. And I really think that when I look at that story in Exodus, sometimes I focus on the external. Okay, God's moving a people from one dot on a map to another. Yeah. But he's also doing something really internal. Oh, yeah. In all of their hearts and lives. And if it was just about dots on a map, I mean, if they would have taken one route, the the easiest route, it would have been two weeks. Really? Two weeks journey. And it took him how long? It, I mean, I don't... 40 years. Yeah, 40 it years. It took him 40 what, years. Well, that was the second time around. Yeah, yeah. So, like, the first... I don't know. We don't... I don't exactly have the time frame down for getting to the promised land the yeah. first time, but then he sends them back into the wilderness for 40 yep. years. But the idea is they, they don't go the way that you would have planned, but that's because God had a plan. Mm-hmm. You know, he had a plan. Yeah. And so I believe that there's a plan for the coronavirus in my life. Mm. I believe there's a plan of the for the coronavirus in your life and in all of our lives. And and I want to walk us through uh, a passage of scripture that God's been teaching me from. It's Exodus chapter 33. 
And I'm going to read verses 1 through 17 as we go along in little, little bits. Hey, before but, you start, what translation do you read out of? I'm reading out of the Christian Standard Bible. Bro, me too. Yeah. Eighth grade reading level makes it easy for me to understand. Amen. It's also a good blend of like kind of the, the, the Bibles that we all had growing mm-hmm. up, like the King James, New King James, the ESV. Like it's kind of a blend of that and like the New Living. Yeah. It's like in between. And so I really like it. It's easy to read, but yet it's also very um, grammatically accurate. Cool. So anyway, sorry about that. Um, but when I'm looking at this, like, um, talking about, like, priorities mm. in this passage, okay? So, like, we are prioritizing our lives. We are setting our goals for our lives. And it's it's three questions that God really laid on my heart out of this, okay? And, uh, and let me emphasize, like, if I can illustrate along the way a little bit, okay? So I've done a lot of weddings as a, as a minister, okay? Mm-hmm. Ryan, have you done many weddings? performed a lot many, of weddings you've also been a part of one a literally of, yep, as a group yep, me too true. as well and uh when it comes to like weddings or counseling young people okay in fact i had a conversation this week with somebody mm-hmm. a girl who is in her mid-20s who was wanting to get married and and she, yet she's not dating anybody right now we oftentimes see people in their 20s get so desperate and this is teenagers too actually now i'm yep. thinking about it they're so desperate to get married. I think they, I think there's this natural something in us that longs yeah. for what we don't have. Okay, yeah, that longs for what they don't have. But I mean, what I'm what I'm saying is, we we have this longing for marriage. Yeah, and we forget that it's not about just being married and having the benefits, having somebody who's there for you all the time mm-hmm. to, you know, whatever it might be. It's about living every day with the same person and growing in Christ yeah. together. Like people want marriage without marriage, if mm. that makes sense. They want to be married without marriage. Yep. Okay. All the fun stuff that comes with it yes. without the hard work of growth. Exactly. And, yeah. and, and that's the first question that, that Israel is going to face and that we're going to face. And this is a weird passage because it's God asked them a question that you would never perceive God would ask. Hmm. And, and the question that I asked myself as I was reading this is, do I want God? Like, do mm. I actually want God? And so um, I'm going to read from verses one through six of, Exodus 33, and so uh, we, can, we can do that together, or you can just listen to me. It says, The Lord spoke to Moses, Go up from here, you and the people that brought, um, you and the people you brought up from the land of Egypt, to the land I promised to you, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying, I will give it to your offspring. I will send an angel ahead of you, and will drive out the Canaanites, the Amorites, the Heathites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. Go up to a land flowing with milk and honey. But I will not go up with you because you are a stiff-necked people. Otherwise, I might destroy you on the way. When the people heard this bad news, they mourned and didn't put on their jewelry. For the Lord said to Moses, Tell the Israelites, you are a stiff-necked people. If I went up with you for a single moment, I would destroy you. Now take off your jewelry, and I will decide what to do with you. So the Israelites remained stripped of their jewelry from Mount Horeb onward. Hmm. And what we see in this first three verses here, and what really hits home is God tells them, like, I'm going to give you this, this victory over all of these peoples that are in the land that I promised to you. I'm going to give you the land that I promised you. I'm going to give you victory. And you know what? I'm not just that. I'm going to bless the land. It's going to yeah. provide you with everything you ever wanted. It's a land flowing with milk and honey. Not literally, but like it's talking about the, the fruitfulness of the land. It's everything Israel could have wanted coming out of Egyptian slavery. Where they had nothing for themselves, That's but right. God was going to provide everything. Everything given to them. But this is also coming directly after chapter 32. 
in which Moses is up on the mountain of God meeting with him, and the children of Israel begin to worship a golden calf because they're like, our God isn't with us right now. Mm. He's up on the mountain talking to, talking to Moses, okay? And so they're, they've just started idolatry right after, yeah. you know, all that God has been doing in the wilderness with them. And so he says, you know, hey, I'll give you everything you ever wanted, people, mm. but I'm not going to go with you. And, and it's like they have this choice in front of them. Do they want victory or do they want the victor? Do they want blessing or do they want the blesser? Do they want all the benefits wow. or do they want God? Mm. And, and it correlates in my life in that, man, like coronavirus, like I am financially making less money than I did before. Yeah. Okay. That's the case for many people. Mm -hmm. And I often catch myself saying, I want things to get back to normal. Right. Yeah. Like I really want to get back to normal, but the question is, do I want to get back to normal? Do I want to get back to like having all of the things that I'm used to and all of the awesome, fun things going on around me? Or do I want to see God do something? Wow. You know, because the truth is normal for the church and for Christians is not as good as we, we think it was. Wow. Like the church has been losing ground to lostness mm. around the world. The church, well, around in the United States, when was the last, like, I don't remember before Christians weren't changing their culture. Yeah. Christians weren't reaching lost people with the gospel. Christians weren't, you know, really truly spending time in the word of God. Mm. And yet that's what I long for again, man. No, no. God obviously has a plan in the coronavirus and he wants, he wants me to want him not just to get back to normal, not just to have all the blessings and the comforts of life. Yeah. And, um, and so that's well, something and that sometimes it takes those those stripping away the idols. I, I mean, just like God was removing Egypt from the people, yeah, they still had this tendency to revert back to idols. Oh man, just just like me in the COVID season. Oh yeah, you know, I have a tendency to try to fill my life with the stuff. Yeah, even when the stuff isn't very available. Man, so. absolutely, because we're we're just grasping after the things that we've sought for fulfillment and for pleasure. Yeah. You know, we're just grasping, even if it's further out of reach, we're still grasping for it. And then what you said though, is so funny. Like you, you were going in right into the next part of this, this section of scripture. Oh, sorry, right here. I stole it. Wow. No, no, it's gorgeous, man. It's awesome. All right. If I can say gorgeous on there, I don't know. I just did. All right. Okay. Uh, let's see. Lumberjack. Okay. That makes up for it. Okay. <laughs> you so, substitute that beautiful <laughs> word with something super manly. <laughs> um, but the Israel, when they were coming out of Egypt, the Egyptians were so glad to see them leave because of all the plagues that God had sent that the, the Egyptians just started flowering them with gifts. Like they gave them all this jewelry, all this gold, all this silver, all these gemstones, all these precious mm -hmm. stones, right? And, and they send them away. Like, Please get out of here. Well, the children of Israel was wearing that. They were proud of all of that, all those riches that they had received from yeah. the Egyptians. And we know that they were wearing it every day because right here it says that from then on they did not put on their jewelry. Mm. And it's because they were so distraught to think that God would give them all the things that they had wanted and yet he wouldn't be with them. That they, It made them think. It, they stopped and actually th wow. thought the way that God wanted them to. And, and so they took off their jewelry, and God told them in that passage as well to say, hey, don't wear your jewelry again. Like, don't put it on. You know, I will decide what to do with you, but in the meantime, don't do any, like, don't wear that. Hmm. Their hearts were already beginning to turn towards God and to be able to answer, like, we want God. We don't want the stuff. We don't yeah. want the place. We don't want the blessing. We want God. 
And, and with that in mind, like they also had to take it off, even Mm -hmm. though their hearts had changed. Why? Because repentance isn't just a heart feeling. It's also an action. Yeah. There's always action involved in repentance. Mm. And so for me, like, I, I haven't pieced together all of that yet, but I do know that the coronavirus is stripping me of my jewelry. Yeah. Like the things that I sought after, the things that I chased. Wow. God is taking the time to strip me of my jewelry in the desert. Mm. You know? And some of that is probably because you're enabling him to, but some of that, if we're honest, you probably didn't give him a permission slip to do. No, he just it's does just it. It's just the circumstances. And he said, all right, Seth, I'm going to work on this in your life. Yeah, that's it. Wow. And, and it kind of correlates with, uh, I read a book in college called Crazy Love by Francis Chan. Mm-hmm. And in that book, Francis Chan asked the question, it's such a similar question to this one here in, in Exodus 33. He, he asked if, his question was, if you had a place with everything you ever wanted, streets of gold, you know, you had a place with, with water that will give you eternal life, and you had a place where all of your dead relatives that you loved wa- was there with you, but God wasn't there. Would you want to be there for all eternity? And man, like that's a, that's a hard question, right? I'm thankful there is no such place, Yeah. but it's the same thought here, right? Do they want the promised land Mm. or do they want God? And, and thankfully the all good in life comes from God. And so there is no such place where, where there's those things without God there. But, but man, like it's a hard question because I think most of us, if not all of us in some ways, would rather have the stuff than to have God. Hmm. So that that's that's the big question that I had. We might not even have time for the next two questions that that I that I got out of this passage. Hey, we have five minutes. Yes. So let's hit us with it really Real quick. quick. I'm not good at being quick. No, I understand. Well, you know, hey, we if go. you've ever listened to a Seth Tucker sermon, <laughs> no, they, they, they can they can this get a little a, bit lengthy, but it's all juicy devotion. stuff. This is a devotion here. <laughs> um, the the second big question, simply put is do we meet with God, okay? Wow. And so um, when you look at this passage here, if we were to read verses 7 through 11, what we'd see is a description of the way that God spoke to the children of Israel, Yeah. okay? So Moses had a tent outside of the camp. It's outside of the whole camp of Israel, Mm -hmm. off by itself. And the cloud that was the Spirit of God existing amongst the children of Israel, the cloud, and I'm making hand motions right now like anyone could see me except for you, Ryan, and the children of Israel would see this cloud come down over the tent of meeting, this tent outside where Moses would literally sit down and God would meet with Moses and speak to him one-on-one. And the Bible describes it as, as if they were friends. Mm. Moses and God would sit down and speak to each other. And, and Moses was an intercessor for Israel, meaning if the children of Israel needed something said to God, they would tell Moses and, then God would, and Moses would tell God. The answer would be God would tell Moses, and then Moses would tell the children of Israel. Yeah. And so when the cloud, the Spirit of God, would come down upon the tent of meeting, the children of Israel could see it, but they had no idea what was going on in there. Wow. They had no knowledge of what it's like to have a one-on-one relationship with God like Moses did. And so what they would do when they saw the cloud descend, they would all leave their tents, and they would just fall on their faces and worship God from a distance while God met with Moses. Yeah. And then they would accept whatever Moses said to be the word of God, mm-hmm. as they should in that moment, okay? And God really spoke to me, and he said, Seth, how many times do I wake up, or how many times do I go through a 24-hour day, and I don't meet with God one-on-one like Moses? Wow. 
but rather I settle for the relationship of the children of Israel because I might be driving and, and I just listen to some sermon from, you know, yeah. Ed Newton or David Platt or something, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's just like, Seth, like I created you to have that one-on-one relationship like Moses. Yeah. And in fact, unlike the children of Israel, you have the opportunity to have that. Wow. God will speak directly to each one of us. If you're a believer in Christ, he'll speak to you and he'll meet with you. In fact, he wants to is what Ryan's always taught me. He's, yeah. He taught me like, God isn't just saying, hey, you know, I'll come meet with you, Seth. He's saying, Seth, I'm here to meet with you. Come meet with me. Mm. Right? Yeah. Stealing your words. Hey, that's fine. God used you to speak to me in, well, in yeah. the coronavirus. That's right? humbling. There you go. But the idea is, do we really meet with God, or do we just settle for the relationship of the people of Israel? Well, I think there's something about uh, kind of a comfortability in us saying, I, I want to keep God's ability to intervene in my stuff a good distance away. Yeah. And if I can keep that so far as to I only hear from him on Sunday mornings or yeah. through a podcast— that's pretty comfortable because I can ignore what he's trying to do in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but God longs so much more than that. Yeah, and I'm not denouncing the importance of a sermon on a Sunday or yeah. a Wednesday or Absolutely. whenever you, you receive a, a word from God from your pastor or preacher or whatever. But what I am saying is that's not enough. Mm. Like God really does want to meet with you every day and to talk to you and for you to listen and to talk with him. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and so, and so that, that's just really a question for me personally is like, man, am I going to be faithful to have the relationship with God? Not that he wants me to have, but that he allows me to have and for me to enjoy it. Like I want that. Um, and so that, that's the second question. And the third is, do we need God? And what we see is um, we actually see um, Moses beg God to go with him into the, into the promised land. Yeah. He, he says, God, I can't lead these people without you. I need you. And then and then he goes on and God says, well, I'll go with you, Moses, but I won't go with the people. And so Moses leaves the singular for the plural and he says, God, but but you don't understand. We need you. Yeah. And God then says, I will go with the children of Israel. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's kind of the implication. If I, if I remember the story, Moses saying, hey, if you don't go, we don't want to go. Yes, and that's it, it. And if you're there, we want to be wherever be there. you are. That's it. Yes. And so the idea here is there's a desperation yeah. to be with God and for God to be with them. And, and man, I don't know if I've had that many desperate moments in my life for God. Mm. And, uh, and God just challenged me to, to just really communicate my need for him. Yeah. Seth, I think a lot of people at this point in COVID season are getting back to a sense of normalcy. School yeah. has started back for a lot of folks. Jobs have kind of come back online. So how, how do we keep that that sense of, man, I have to be desperate for God's presence even when most of the normal things are starting to return? How do we develop that? Well, I think pre-COVID, we had to make time for God. Yeah. So like I would have to wake up an extra hour early or 30 minutes early to spend time with God because mm-hmm. my day was packed with commitments. But right now, during COVID, man— we aren't needing to make time for God. We are wasting the time that we have for wow. God. And so I think wow. we need to start those habits right now. I mean, yeah. dead serious. Like we got to start those habits of meeting with God and listening for his voice because when we get back to normal, it's going to be 10 times harder. Yeah. You know, if we get back to well, normal, quote unquote. And, and, and Seth, you, you just said something that I think strikes it in my heart. And, and it's the thought that 
I am naturally disobedient, mm-hmm. and I'm going to be disobedient in times of normalcy and yeah. disobedient at times where God's trying to throw every pause in my life to get me to focus on him. Yeah. I mean, that's my inclination. And so I have to fight against that and, and let people see into my life and say, no, 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 this is where you have to pause and, and make every effort to... Yeah, man, when COVID first hit, there was no sports to watch. That's what I did, man. Mm. You know, there was there was no opportunity for me to go like preach three nights a week at different youth events. Wow. That's what I did. Yeah. So what did I do with my time? I binge watched Tiger King. Mm. You know what I mean? Like I literally wasted for no spiritual purpose the time that God in, intentionally put in front of me. Yeah. And so like I just think like even if you're listening to this after like COVID's opened up America or something. I don't know. But listen, no matter when you're listening, you need to know that the best time to start meeting with God is now. Mm-hmm. And and the way that we continue on is to grow, um, to start doing it, to seek God and to find him. And when you find God, there is a sweet taste that comes from spending time with him. And the more consistent you are in doing that, the more consistent you will carry it out. I'm going to close with this. I think for some of you, you think, man, this is the most spiritual thing I can do. Listening to a podcast that's challenging me, it would be way better if you would have taken this last 22 minutes and spent time with God than listen to Seth and I's voice. You bet. And and so just whatever this next season looks like for you, uh, take these truths and just apply them to your life. Any final words, Seth? I would just challenge us to consider what are we seeking? Like, look at our priorities Okay, because our priorities reflect our values, Mm. whether or not we want to actually admit it. Yeah. Um, So like, you know, if you value your church, you need to go to church. If you value the word of God, you need to read the word of God. If you value your relationship with God, you need to spend time in prayer and talking to him. So let your values be reflected in your decisions, because that is in and of itself priorities. Thank you guys for joining us today. I hope this has been as challenging for you as it was for me. That's it for this episode of Lead Defend. Until next time, check out our website at leaddefend.org for details on the next Lead Defend conference or shoot Seth and Ryan an email at leaddefend at absc.org. If you want to help us out, rate and review Lead Defend on your podcast app and make sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Thanks for listening. Now go lead. A podcast from the Arkansas Baptist State Convention.